Well, I've, uh, I've had a study that's been ongoing for years with me, and actually I had tried to work up the nerve to ask Andy if I could present this in church one Sunday, but I'm not exactly an accomplished creature, so I decided not to. So I, I guess this is my answer to prayer. <laughs> and let's see, I can count the throngs. Uh, I'd say about 12. <laughs> Which was the number of the apostles, so that isn't too bad a number. I would like to talk about uh, one of the uh, the great days of Christianity. And uh, some people might not think so at first, but it's probably the most meaningful day, and that would be what we refer to now as Good Friday. And uh, Jesus, when he was taken to the cross, the Bible re- records seven sayings, seven things that he said. Now, is this all he said? I don't know, possibly. But I do know that this is what God wanted us to know. So we'll uh, so we'll just take it from there that these are the most important things that God wanted us to know. Now, to begin with, to put it in context, Jesus was arrested in the middle of the night, taken in the courts, uh, falsely accused, hit, run here, run there, Finally, he was uh, uh, taken for a scourging. And a scourging was 39 beatings on the back with a cat of nine tails, they called it. We won't go into details, but it was gruesome. The reason that they gave 39 beatings is they slashes. They thought 40 would kill someone. So they were kind enough to stop at 39 so they could save Jesus to die for crucifixion. So, and he was taken... He was condemned to die. He had to drag his own cross, walk up, laid down, had his arms spread out, hands and feet nailed to the cross, the cross put up, and then at that point, just wait for death. Now, what do you think was the first thing that Jesus was recorded as saying on the cross? Now, remember, people that were crucified would blaspheme sometimes and yell and scream, so badly they cut their tongues out so nobody could hear them. So what do you think is the first thing that God said? This is interactive, so. That's right. Father, forgive them for they know not who they what they are doing. Now, who was that forgiveness to? Well, begin with the executioners. And remember that one week before, or not five days before, all those people waving those palm fronds? As Jesus triumphantly came into Jerusalem, they were the ones that voted to condemn Jesus. So he was forgiven them. All the apostles deserted Jesus, except one. And we'll find out later who that was. Peter, his most trusted person, denied him. And I think he was asking forgiveness to us. In spite of him being our Savior, we continue to sin some more. So... That was the first thing. Interestingly, the second thing recorded is in Luke. Uh, It is in uh, Luke, and I'm going to be right there, uh, Luke 23, 39 through 43. The story is of the two thieves that were crucified with Jesus. One of them, while he was dying himself, decided to mock Jesus. The second one who was dying decided to ask for Jesus' forgiveness. In the exact words, the second one said was, Jesus, remember me when you come to my kingdom. 
And Jesus had his second recorded words. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now this was two people with death right around the corner. One chose life. The other one chose to be in death. And to this day, that is still our choice. And if we make the right choice, we will hear the words of Jesus. The third thing he said was kind of shows, kind of showed his humanity. And this is recorded in John 19.28. Actually, it's in 26 through 27. Uh, Jesus' mother came up to the foot of the cross. And what a horrible thing for her. You know, his mother that gave him birth and raised him had to watch him suffer and die on the cross. And so he looked down at his mother and he said, woman, behold your son. And then he said to a, to the disciple, behold your mother. That disciple was John. John was the only one that stayed with Jesus. And he brought Jesus's mother and I believe a sister. And, and there were three women that came with John. So everyone else had deserted him, but John stayed at his side. And it's interesting. Some people say, well, Jesus had some brothers. Why did, why was Jesus giving his mother away to someone else? Well, again, we always have a nice place to find these answer in scripture. Because in John 7, 5, it says, for even his brothers did not believe in him at that time. Now we know later on, at least one of his brothers, James, came about. So, Jesus on the cross, and here comes, here comes the worst part. Worst part of the whole story. And this is in Mark 15, 34. And they say, and he says, Jesus yelled out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think this was the worst part of the, all the pain, all the suffering. So, I, I want you to do a little experiment with me. This will be short. I don't want to make it too uncomfortable. But close your eyes and think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Okay? Now, think of Jesus experiencing that a million, a billion times. Because at this point, he was taking the sins of the world upon him. Past, present, and future. And at this point, because he was taking all that sin upon him, God had to turn his back on him, on his son. And that was the worst part. He not only took on this sin, our sin, but that was the one and only time that he was separated from God. And that had to be the worst part of the, of the whole thing. And so, essentially that he did that for us so that we wouldn't have to go through that separation from God ourselves. And then things are moving along and Jesus finally says, I thirst. Now, this kind of showed his humanity and his suffering. But it was also a fulfillment of Scripture. If we will turn to Psalms 22, 15 through 18. Let me just read this real quick. My strength is dried up and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And thou dost lay me in the dust of death. The dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. So they we're talking about the crucifixion back when David wrote that psalm. But then you go to Psalm 69, 21. And it goes even further. When uh, it says, and for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. 
Now, how does that tie in? Well, it's postulated that the Roman soldiers were given cheap wine because sometimes crucifixions could take a long time. And they were given very, very cheap wine because there were just a couple privates sent out there to do this job to drink during the um, ceremony. It was very bad wine. So instead of gave, giving water to Jesus for his thirst, they piled on and gave him gave him this cheap wine in spite of the fact that he had acted in his humanity and told him he thirst. Now we get to the to the crowning part, and I always have trouble with this one because I, I think at this point Jesus said uh, three greatest words in history after he suffered all this time, took all this sin. He said, "It is finished." How do you say that in Swahili? It is finished. What is that? Say it loud. Naisha. Naisha. It is finished. And actually, it was after a uh, word at the time, a Greek word, uh, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, tetelastia. DJ's a, uh, academia. He, uh, he probably knows if I'm saying that right in Greek. Yeah. It means Greek. <laughs> it means it, it's like a stamp. Paid in full. That's what it, that's what Jesus was saying was it is finished. It's a, a sense, it's fulfillment, it's relief. That's what Jesus did for us then and still doing it today. So finally, after all this suffering was over and Jesus' work was done at that point, he, in Luke 23, 43, he cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now there's one key word here. Commit. The Romans didn't kill Jesus. The Jews didn't kill Jesus. Not even our sin killed Jesus. Jesus gave his life. He committed his spirit to God at that point. Because nobody could take it from him. And so it was just an emphasis that everything's finished. Everything's done. He's done it all. And now all we have to do is receive it. Now, we were listening to one of our our favorite Sunday morning preacher, Adrian Rogers. I think of one of them. And they they said a great thing, or whoever it was. From his suffering, pain, and sacrifice, he turned it around. And he gave us the joy and the peace that came out of all that. And uh, And, of course... Everybody was sad and didn't realize it at the time. But then Easter came on the third day and all was fulfilled. So what started, what was a sad, sad story about what Jesus did had a very, very happy ending for all of us. So any comments on, uh, on any of these, any of these statements? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to remember as Easter comes up, uh, because in the Bible, all it said is, and they crucified him, you know, without describing all the agony and pain and mental suffering and all that that went through it. So, okay, thank you. Thank you, Don.